The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey there, and welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Our guest on the podcast today is Dr. Pamela Moss, a former Ivy League academic and homeschooling mom who joyfully expresses her true purpose as your soul guide and up-level alchemist. She's the author of the number one international bestseller, The Soul Guide to a Magical Life, and the creator of the Soul Alignment System for Guaranteed Transformation. Now, for more than 15 years, Pamela has helped soulful entrepreneurs around the world to up-level their mindsets and get seemingly miraculous results. She's a master at removing the deep blocks that keep you from thriving and being all that you are here to be. Above all, Pamela's sole mission is to light up the lights, heal the healers and serve the servants so we can together assist the great shift and co-create the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. So in today's conversation, which is titled Soul Alignment, the Essential Inner Work for Changemakers, we dive deeply into the depths of the subconscious mind, and Pamela shares practical tools to help us create profound shifts in our lives. She emphasizes the importance of taking inspired action after doing inner work and the integration into life, and shares a powerful personal story about the transformative effect of taking action in her own life. You will discover the significance of co-creation, collaboration, and working on the subconscious mind of humanity as we explore the importance of soul alignment, the power of intuitive guidance, and the polarizing shift that is happening in the world today that we're all living within and navigating. Dr. Pamela also shares her personal journey from academic to artist and discusses the miracles that can be created in relationships. So I want you to go grab a cup of tea, sit back and get ready to be inspired to make a difference in your life and also in the world as we dive into this really insightful conversation. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Pamela Moss. Hey, Pamela, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Me too. I just know it's going to be a wonderful conversation, even though I don't know what exactly we're going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got a great title to start off with, with Soul Alignment, the Essential Inner Work for Changemakers. And I definitely want to talk about that because it's so aligned for our audience. But before we do, I want to just ask you, you know, our listeners, they've just heard your professional bio, but we like to go kind of beneath the surface a little bit here at Sacred Changemakers. So I'd just love to ask you something about the real life human that lies kind of beneath that bio. Who is she? 
Well, I'm somebody who ever since I woke up in about 2004, uh, I've just been doing a lot of inner work because I just found life pretty darn challenging. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't like I just, I set out to, I didn't even know what inner work was at the beginning, but it just naturally would do what I would do journaling or I would meditate. And over time, I actually developed a whole system, which I can talk about later, of really doing deep work to transform things. But I did it because I was in challenging situations, like with my first husband, um, basically, who uh, when I sort of woke up and realized that I was a, a sacred change maker, <laughs> my, my very <laughs> rational uh, uh, husband was was not at all uh, excited about that. <laughs> I started my entrepreneurial journey, there was a lot of challenges and a lot of um, arguments. And I, and I just had to practice uh, what process I call letting love win, which is really how to, how to see the higher perspective. Cause you know, when you're, it's always when you're, when you're struggling with a relationship, it's always feels like either I win or you win. Like it's not, it's like one of us has to win, but when love wins, it's for me, that's really seeing the higher perspective and having compassion for both of us. And a lot of amazing things happened out of doing that. And anyways, just continued in my life that there are challenges and that way to deal with them is to do the inner work, to be able to have the higher perspective and to come from love no matter what, and to create miracles where it you know, did not seem possible in the relationship. Now, I, I love what you just said there, but there's a lot in there that I'd like to kind of go back and unpack a little bit. And the first thing is something we talk a lot about in Sacred Change Makers, which is this, this I'm going to call it a process. I don't really know if it is a process, but this idea of waking up. Like one of the questions we get a lot is like, what does that mean? And how how do you ever get to that point where you are kind of waking up? So I'd love to put that to you and say, you know, what was it? Was there a catalyst? Was there a moment? Was there something you remember that actually was like the turning point or the threshold of that waking up for you? Absolutely. It was it's clear as day. So before I just say my exact experience, I just want to say, there is a lot of energy in the planet waking people up, like more and more people are being woken up because we're being called to make the difference that we are here for, that we raised our hands for a long time ago. You know, put me in coach when the time <laughs> comes for the great shift in consciousness. So a lot of us are being woken up. People like me, who as a former atheist academic, I had, you know, I never expected that. So what happened for me, the catalyst for me personally was taking the landmark forum. It just completely blew my mind. And I, I fact, I literally didn't sleep for three days. I walked around the streets of my town, not even knowing where I was. I was like profoundly shaken, stirred, whatever. <laughs> and I just started to remember like, oh my God, how could I have forgotten what I wanted to do when I was a little girl? Like, you know, how could I have forgotten that I want to be an artist and a writer and, and teach people and help them, you know, I didn't know about awakening, but help them feel better and, and see more, more possibility. So, yeah. So for me, it was, it was like the catalyst was an event that's designed to be a catalyst. <laughs> and it's funny because like Steve Jobs, um, one of his most famous quotes was you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Mm. So what I'm interested in is you said atheist and academic, right? <laughs> yes. And it's like, if there's a polarity to the work that you do today, it's probably that, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look back now from this vantage point, how mm. did that those earlier experiences prepare you for the work that you're doing today? 
And the earlier experiences, you mean like when I first woke up or? or no, prior to that, the atheist academic, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the alternative yeah, yeah. persona that you were embodying. Right, right, right. Who's, who's still in there in some ways? Yeah. 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 So I was just, I um, I just loved being a student. So I, so I stayed in graduate school, got my PhD. I uh, I could have become a professor. In fact, my my professor wanted me to become a professor and was quite upset when I said, Ashley, I'm just going to go and homeschool my kids and write books. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so I, so I, so in that process, in hindsight, I can see I was already developing some skills um, for helping people. Like I didn't even realize people sometimes years later would tell me, you know, that conversation you had with me in graduate school, that really was a turning point for me. I'm like, no kidding. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So I, so th- that was already present for me that I wanted to make a difference for people. But I, I went to graduate school because I thought I needed a PhD to start a school. That was my original idea. And all this is in a context of um, having forgotten what was really important to me a long time ago, like what, what I really wanted a long time ago. But I still wanted to help people somehow. And um, the yeah, so there was that that there was that urge as also but I was very academic, very analytical, and a big part of me was not available, which was my heart. My heart it was not really open. I just would close it down because uh, my my dear former husband, highly rational guy, I realized early on that he was just not going to be open to me being all soulful and woo-woo and and heart open. <laughs> like and I just decided on a deep level, not consciously aware of it, like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just Put that away. I'll just forget about that part of me. That's what woke up when I did the forum. And uh, but I would when bringing what I can bring to I realize now is like when I create systems, I've written books, and they're they're the academic in me, you know, has the facilities to, to do that. So I think mm-hmm. that's that way it's connected to the past. And it's been a, the journey from being an atheist to realizing like, oh my God, I, I so deeply believe in God. Even I was raised an atheist. Everybody in my life was an atheist. It was not an option to be religious. It was like totally scorned. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not really religious. I'm, I'm a mystic, but um, that, at any rate, it was, it, it was a lot of growing to be able to remember like, and because I just so powerfully um felt the presence of the divine in my life and inside me and and, and everybody. Like I really, the, the first business I created was painting portraits of people that show the divine in them. And I would interview them first to understand what lights them up in life. What are the gifts of their shadow and what's it all for? This is what happened to me after like another landmark course is I just had this inspired idea to paint these portraits mm-hmm. and, um, and to have the conversations with people. And I found, I realized that I could ask these very deep questions and hold space for people to go really deep and to actually help them get in touch with why they're here on this planet and who they really are at heart. And then we'd, we'd interview them and then we'd come up with just a few words that were especially resonant and potent for them. And then I would put those in their paintings. And I'd forgotten also that I was a really good artist, like portrait artist. Like since I was a kid, I could draw people remarkably, well, I'll just say quite well. <laughs> And I've just forgotten that too. I put all that away. So when I started painting people, that was also like, it was like the past and the present together. Like I started having um, dreams also, like I was, I was homeschooling my kids at the time. And I started thinking like, they're having all this fun, exploring all these different things and going to all kinds of interesting adventures and, you know, living history things and science things. And I want to have adventures. (laughs) I want to homeschool myself. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's like, great because it, yeah. it really feels like you know in in from listening to you it sounds like so I don't know this sounds quite poetic but it sounds like the journey to come home to yourself yeah. it's really true in fact I, I could feel a little bit of emotion there when you just said that it yeah. really is it's it's the whole it's it's the whole journey to hold this really to remember yeah. being all of us you know all the aspects of us and uh, it's just it's just the most profound and beautiful journey there is and it, it <laughs> another distinction i'd like to kind of pull out here which yeah. you're, you're talking about it and it's definitely something that's alive in my inner circle community is this distinction between like living our lives out here like externally Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing business out here and even intellectually gaining knowledge that yeah. kind of even though it comes in it's still kind of intellectual and yeah. separate from and then really diving deep into our own inner journey our own yeah. inner wisdom and yes. you know what you refer to as soul alignment I'm guessing so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that and I, why yeah. that holds so much like I don't know, juice for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say, like, even before soul alignment, it's it's a calling. It's like something you I cannot say no to. My heart must move forward. It, it must, I just have to follow my inner guidance. Like it, it's more important than anything. And uh and that that's yeah, that was that's that arose in me at a time in my life when there was nobody around me who was thinking like that at all. So it was it felt very challenging, but it was just also totally undeniable. So um, so the the process of soul alignment is really something I uncovered because I would, like I said, I was having all these struggles with my former husband and uh, the way that I would process them and the way that I would do the inner work is I would wait till the kids were asleep and I would just be with him and he would go away too. And I would be very upset usually after we had another argument and I just started doing the inner work. Like I would do these little alignments and I learned about doing alignments in a, for limiting beliefs, like to change them. So I was using that modality, but I brought in a lot of other things into it. And basically I would just stay up late at night and I'd do a lot of inner work. So I, I did a lot of transformations. I like, for example, I remember one time um, I did a, a alignment where I was, I, I, I was called, I, it's called the sacred object alignment. And basically after you've done some inner work, you just look around, you look for an object that draws your attention or a view that draws your attention and you just commune with it and see what is the message you have for me in this moment. And I was looking at a light on a stand, which didn't have a bulb on it. It was just like one of those, um, what do you call it? Like uh, energy saving bulbs, you know, this like a, a twisty thing. Mm-hmm. I just looked at it and I saw the stand of it and I realized like, oh, like that's me. Like it stands alone and it shines its light. And I just, I really took, I was really struck like it stands alone. And that was the moment I, and I wrote a blog post about this. I was writing a lot of blog posts then. And um, my husband's brother, my, my, my brother-in-law saw the, the blog post that I'm stands alone. He said, Oh, wow. You're separating. I was like, Oh my God, I am going to, I didn't realize. <laughs> Oops. I just brought got that. <laughs> wow. So, cause it's like, as you're speaking to this, it's like a metaphorical kind of, process in a way for you to like bring your own I'm going to call it stuff for want of a better word too so that you can kind of unpack it in some way that makes sense it feels like you tapping into the 
unconscious or subconscious or something that's underneath our awareness there so i i love that and i love how you unwittingly broadcasted this (laughs) so that other people could like go oh oh, like before i i didn't know i was like kind of (laughs) yeah well yeah and it's it's really the like the, the work that i do is pretty much entirely on the subconscious or unconscious level so but we can we can do this without um, being hypnotized, we can do it without being um, unconscious at all. There's a lot of tools where you can work directly with the subconscious mind in really powerful ways. Mm-hmm. And and the alignment, soul alignment process is to actually um, do the steps that you need to do uh, in the right order for you to really create profound shifts, profound shifts within you, profound shifts in your life. Because soul alignment is not just about doing the inner work. Every time we do a piece of work, we then see okay, how can I celebrate this shift because I just feel a shift every time I do any kind of work and then what's the inspired action that's available now and pretty much anytime I've done a transformation or taught anybody else or walked them through it when you come when you finish a transformation there's a profound shift inside of you you have a change of perspective you have a change of emotion you have a change of awareness and in that moment something new is available that you could do that would show your conscious mind things are really different now and that's really important step to take because I realized um, before I realized you have to take action, like you can't just do the inner work, you need to take outer action to really create profound change in your life. Mm-hmm. And I um, I didn't realize at first, I thought you could just do all the inner work and then sit there. Like I, I remember I um, I did an alignment years and years ago before, when I was still married to my first husband about, um, you know, someday I would I would be able to have a soulmate and because I, I was hoping he could be it, but <laughs> we were good friends. <laughs> Uh, but I, anyway, I was hoping I was hoping that he could be it, but I wanted to, I, I felt like I didn't align it. So I was absolutely sure that I would receive a soulmate. I just knew it in my bones and also that I could make a lot more money than I was making. So I just aligned for that. And, but I, I didn't do anything about it. So nobody knew showed up my life. No new money came into my life because I just knew it was just an internal knowing. And then um, I only realized that taking action was essential when I, when I had a colleague in a uh, program I was in, uh, uh, gave me a challenge. He's, I was, we were supposed to, it was a business program. And he was saying, what if you created a program that was worth $5,000? Cause I was talking up till that point, I was offering these $197 workshops and that was it. And that was not enough to make a living really. Right. He, so he said, what if you created a program worth $5,000? And I was like, ah, oh my God, I know exactly what to do because I've been teaching these workshops for a number of years in my town. Like everybody in my town had done my, my deep visioning workshops. And I'd actually discovered that some of the people who'd done the workshops, it was completely life-changing for them. I like turned their lives profoundly around. And other people who were in the same workshop, they actually hid their, their vision board away. I didn't know they were called vision boards back then, but whatever, they, they hid them away. And I actually asked, started interviewing people asking like, why did you do that? Like, why did you hide it away? And the person would say, well, it, it just feels so distant and unavailable to me. Like I, it's painful to look at it. So I don't want to throw it out though. It's meaningful to me. So it's in the closet. And then other people, I'd ask them how they, you know, they turned everything, how it changed their life so dramatically. And I discovered in interviewing these various people who had taken my workshop that uh, what I came to call these seven secrets to grow your dreams into reality. There were things that people who were, um, 
who were who were creating change in their life were doing and people things that people weren't, weren't taking action were not doing and i realized like those like the, one of them big one was taking aligned action or inspired action like actually doing something so just and the inspired action was creating a program worth nine three thousand five thousand dollars but there were nine women so nine women i had a conversation with i'd never done sales before really except for the 197 workshop i talked to nine people i knew six of them said yes and i made $30,000 in like a week. And I could not believe it. Like I'd never made that much in my whole life, but I was aligned for it. And I was, and I took the inspired action and, and I created the program really quickly. because I said, I'm just going to teach the seven secrets. We're just going to walk through them. We're going to do them. And that will create profound shifts. And I knew absolutely it would work. And I love how in a way you're, you're busting some of the myths that came out of, you know, I'm going to talk about the secret of all things because it was so prevalent in popular culture. You know, I still meet people today that believe they can just think something different and a new Ferrari will end up on their driveway. <laughs> right. And, and, and so what you're speaking to here is really important that people understand because, you know, when we think about the woo woo, we very often kind of leave it in the inner realm, but you're yeah. actually talking about bridging it into the physical world and actually Absolutely. moving into action so yes. that, well, in my map of the world, that would be your, 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 your showing your commitment. It's like when you yes. step forward, it's yes. like the world steps forward to meet you yes, exactly. in that. Um, yeah. And if you never step forward, it's like, oh, you had a great idea, but ideas yeah. are 10 a penny, Yeah, right? Exactly. We all have great ideas. Yeah, so. and that's just the realm of potentiality. <laughs> so that's where most people stay at their best is the realm of potentiality, but many people have closed down. It's There's no possibility. <laughs> for, those of, for those of us who are doing some inner work and we're aware and we're feeling a sense of possibility and potentiality, if we're just feeling that and thinking about it, it's not enough to create a new reality. You have to take steps to literally open the door so it's possible for it to come in. Mm. So if if I'll, if there's anybody listening that's like, okay, like I really want to be able to, you know, have a sense of, of my own soul alignment. I mean, what would you suggest in terms of actions for them to do? Well, it's basically the action that comes up is the one that's available when you've actually created a transformation. So whenever you've created an inner shift and you can feel it within you, whether whether it's just that you, you know, did something courageous and uh, you know took you out of your comfort zone, or maybe you just um, you just you had did a deep meditation and you and you feel like much calmer or whatever, like that state won't stay there and it won't grow unless you do something to save it and also something to bring it out into your reality by taking some kind of an action. There's actually three things to do after every piece of any inner work alignment, soul alignment is first thing you do is you save it. And I can show you how you save it. So it's kind of amazing that people don't realize yeah. you can save the work you do. You don't have to start over and over and over again, <laughs> but you save it and then you celebrate it, which is how you tell your subconscious mind, wasn't that fun? Should, wouldn't you like to do more? And the subconscious mind's like, yes. And then you see what your inspired action is. So it's it's not in a vacuum that you can decide that you decide like what's the inspired action. It's when you're taking the inner action steps, when you're doing the inner work that that becomes available. Like I've had so many times when I've done some inner work and then some this inspired idea popped up. Like, for example, I remember after I did one alignment, I thought, wouldn't it be great if I work with someone for a whole year and we did all this deep work together and I helped them transform every year of their life, blah, blah, blah. 
I didn't, I was so, it was so vivid and alive for me. I didn't actually even take action. I just thought about it a lot. And somebody on LinkedIn, I didn't know, reached out to me and she ended up signing up for my my program that I did this, this whole year long program, which is by far the most expensive thing I'd ever charged for. But I only felt so, safe telling her how much I was charging when she told me that she wanted to make sure she continued her $250,000 or more income. I was like, okay, you're my first person. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. But but anyway, that just by way of saying like it, the door opens when you're when you're ready to receive and then you take the inspired action. Mm-hmm. I love that because I do think there's quite a bit of um, in some ways, I think the secret was incredibly popular and it was. Mm-hmm. But I think it also did something of a disservice to, you totally. know, you know, in terms of there was a bit of a backlash in terms of like people like, oh, that's just woo woo, like that's over there. And whereas we think like if like like your first husband, well, I'm rational, you know, and particularly for people in business, that's mm-hmm. over here. So never the twain shall meet in a way. But I know you have a different perspective on this because you're calling soul alignment the essential inner work for change makers. Yes. So why? Exactly. Why is it essential? Why? Because we, if we, we as change makers have to change ourselves in order to be effective change makers. Like the, the ability to, to be a change maker is to be somebody who's done the inner work so that you are not just following the herd. <laughs> you, you found your own path, your own calling, and you are stepping onto it and you are moving through it no matter what obstacles may come up. So the inner work is to deal with the obstacles and the obstacles begin with just being willing to be visible you know, or being willing right. to to you know, start a business if that's what you're called to do, or you can be in an organization or whatever you're in. But the sacred change maker is basically someone who's committed to changing themselves in order so they can change the world. And that's you know that is very much our, uh, our the the alignment that we talk about in in our community is you can't just do the work out there. You know, right. and I, I think it was Gandhi who said, "Be the change." Exactly. Right? You know, well, and. I think that's what limits us is if we're teaching something we're not living, then somehow everybody, we notice, don't we, in the energy. I notice immediately when someone's out of alignment. Absolutely. Out of alignment is is a thing. Like we we can tell someone's not authentic or not comfortable with themselves or they're not telling the truth. I mean, we can tell unless we're not at all sensitive to things like emotional or energetic things. But yeah, no, we, we definitely can feel it when someone's not being genuine or can't be trusted. And we may have trained ourselves not to listen, but we're aware of it on some level. Mm. And I I also want to ask you about something that's, I suppose, quite personal for me at the moment, which is <clears throat> like, like you, I work in like human change and have done for many decades. But what I'm realizing now, and it's not a new realization in a way, it's something that's grown over time. And I'd love to get your sense of it, Pamela, because it's almost like I feel like the work I'm doing and have been doing now for a, a long time is less about more input mm-hmm. and more about extracting to get people back to their core or their soul or their essence. Yeah. It's like taking away all the stuff we've been socialized into yes. and who we think we should be, yes. right? Like we can't start transformation until we've kind of got rid of some of that stuff is that the way you work too (laughs) I absolutely do and I love that you said that because the whole first business I did it was basically helping people see who they really are and really 
get rid of all the layers of, you know, other things, you know, false identities or, you know, fronts or armor or whatever else we put up. So I agree, like the, the point of the inner work is to remember who we are and to really be able to stand in our true power rather than our false power of, of trying to manipulate or trying to, you know, just shenanigans as opposed to just being present. And uh, that that's, yeah, I, I totally agree that that is, that is the, that is where the work has to start is who are you <laughs> and not, right. not all the identities that you've assumed, but who are you in essence? Who are you as a soul? Who are you as um, a change maker? And so how would you define soul? <laughs> that's a great question i i have an internal understanding of it i may be a different understanding than you have i really think that i think of the soul and the, and the subconscious mind as being very intertwined um you know the soul is, is something that to me is is eternal but the subconscious the issues that we carry in our subconscious mind a lot of them go way back they don't they aren't even from this lifetime they're passed down through generations or they're whatever they're from a different lifetime whatever there's a there's definitely a connection or overlap for me between soul and and subconscious or unconscious mind yeah and I, I tend to agree with you on that um where I get tangled if I'm being really honest with soul mm. is in this I think we're so socialized into an individualistic culture I almost feel like it should be Jane's soul <laughs> right yes. that's what I feel like it should be like Jane should have a soul that's yeah. kind of like a little circle it's lovely and just like you know essence and smells gorgeous yeah. and all these things yes. but it's but it but because of that like it feels separate and that mm. doesn't resonate for me at yes. all because yeah. it's also the divine within so it's That's also it. like a portal to yeah. I mean, in Jungian terms, it would be a portal to the collective unconscious. Yeah, in different yeah. wisdom traditions, it's to different source energy. That, I mean, how do you grapple with that piece? I mean, I, what's your sense that. of that? <laughs> so, so for me, I feel like like source energy is in everything. Like, it, there's nowhere mm. it's not. It's the thing that creates everything else. And we as conscious beings are like extensions of it, kind of like protrusions into a physical reality. Like, we're still connected to that. But we we occur as physical forms. We're, we're really just energy, but we occur as physical forms, denser forms, because we just um, that's how source energy gets to know itself in all the aspects of life and everything. It's uh, it's it's how the it's it's how the universe observes itself <laughs> or how we right. change in the world by just being that embodiment of the source. Um, and at the same time, a human, like we, we are both, we're spirit and form. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> well, it, it, it does, but it's something that I, you know, I don't know that I'll ever have a definitive answer for in some ways, because of course we're in the physical world here. And so I realized that, you know, everything that I've learned up until this point is other lenses and the biases that I mm. look through mm -hmm. and so there's something inexplicable for me about mm. the soul and I think there's something mysterious miss you know the mystique of it that yeah. I don't think it's ever fully knowable right. because of that because I agree yeah. I mean yeah the whole idea I mean when I speak about soul alignment I I it, there's like layers and layers <laughs> to that right it's, it's basically um it's basically that deepest part of us, the part of us that holds tremendous power that, that's largely subconscious, 
and that you know is where our our I would call our true self lives. The, the part of us that's most authentic and most courageous and most, you know, a change maker. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I just went away. I guess what I wanted to say. <laughs> just, Don't just worry. Went, Cause well, I'll fill yeah. in for you for a minute because what yes, we're yes. speaking to here is very much some of the, the challenge I had in naming sacred change makers in a way, because mm -hmm. that came from source, like the yes. name came from source. And then yes. I remember, you know, like as entrepreneurs, we know we go and test it out with the market before we start. And I remember talking to a number of people and everybody without fail said to me, oh, I love the word change maker, but you can't mm. use the word sacred. You just can't. I not, not in business. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and I this is this is the manifestation of the polarity yeah. that we're talking yeah. about here is this divine and this sacred, mm -hmm. but also the change making that can be very action oriented and tactical yes. and impactful in the yes. world, but yet it comes from this honored. Mm holy kind of space mm -hmm. and i don't think that word needs to stay in organized religion whichever religion oh, it no. is yeah. i think yeah. we need to bring it back because in a way when i look out into the world today i feel like we've lost our soul absolutely absolutely i mean i really i i mean i just i just can feel the truth of that i mean that's that is the big challenge right now we're going through so many challenges so many people are feeling deeply challenged in all kinds of ways financially interpersonally like just everything is kind of chaotic and more intense and um and part of our way back is to is to really remember and feel like we really are all in this together there's no way we are not all in this together and uh and the divine is an expression of that, or you could call it the universe, or you could call it any life force, conscious intelligence, you know, intelligence that creates everything, whatever you want to call it. That that connection we know in physics now is absolutely true. Like we are profoundly connected, entangled, and what happens to one of us affects all of us. And that I don't mean just even humans, like all of life, all of the universe, and. <laughs> it's funny this it just come through me like I don't even know what I just said <laughs> <laughs> well you see that so this this is where I get to as well is sometimes I just channel stuff and then yes. I think I've I've no idea what I just said none at all because it's almost like when you're a clear channel for source mm -hmm. to speak yes. through you it doesn't always hit the conscious mind in a way that we can yes. recognize and yes. And this is something that, you know, for many decades of my career, I hid. I like I I was like, I can't talk about this. Like that somebody's gonna think I'm like, you know, the angel so lady or you. something. I right. So but isn't it time we normalize this? Because I believe we can all do it. We're just socialized out of it. <laughs> I totally agree. We all naturally are born with all these abilities. And then mm. we for reasons we shut them down, turn them off, you know, build up armor. And yeah, we're we're innately able to. I mean, maybe people who are like really extremely logical are don't give themselves access to it. I don't know, but but um, a, a lot of people I totally feel are capable of intuiting things, of, of having empathy, of of receiving guidance. You know, that's 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 from within, is or whatever however you want to identify. If it's not guidance necessarily from the world or from other people. And I totally agree that that's what that's what's really needed now like that that we all sort of tap into that and um, and be the messengers we are and be the change makers we are. And that 
there's a lot of courage around that that needs to happen because there it's it's um I think it's getting more normalized. Maybe it's just my reality, <laughs> but, but there, I mean, I know a lot, a lot of people who are yeah. are quite clear who they are as far as being change makers, and and the mysticism or the the spiritual side of them is like undeniable. So, what's, I think your, yep. what's your sense of like this time that we're living through right now in the world? Because you know there seems to be a like a, a coalescing of different ancient wisdom prophecies for this I time. Um, so we've kind of got the spiritual narrative that's going. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, we've got like the inequalities and the collapse. And with technology, we've got global conversations going on about, you know, the way that we want to change things. And different people have different ideas about that. We've got climate change. We've got all of these challenges kind of hitting yeah. us almost right. like in this like crucible. It feels very yeah. intense in some it ways. Intense. I totally agree. In, you know, in lots and lots of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me like this, this time is a time that has been foretold when basically it's, there's going to be more and more of a choice, like a polarity, increasing polarity as we move into, um, well, I remember when I first was given the guidance that, uh, I'm, I'm here to help co-create the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible or to help bring about heaven on earth. Those are different ways of talking about it. And I was not going to say that to anybody. <laughs> I was way too woo-woo, but I started to eventually, I just, I just, that's just the truth for me. Like that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. And that's, and it's really part of this great turning is, and there are going to be some, and, the, and it gets more and more polarized so we can see more clearly and clearly like how we've been, um, how do I want to say this? Like how we built up all of this antagonism and opposition and, and polarity. And it's, it's, it's getting clearer and clearer, like undeniably so, all the extremes. And the way we're going to be able to move through this, I mean, it's not, I think, I mean, I've heard people talk about it different ways. Some people are just going to, you know, go off and stay in polarity. And some people maybe are going to step fully into realizing the profound oneness of all life and everything. And it's kind of like a choice. There's not really a middle ground. Like you, you, like that's the reality you're going to be creating. And and it's it's a time when it's really necessary. Like this this is the time. I, I my guidance tells me in this lifetime, which seems kind of amazing that you know the change that needs to happen is going to happen. But it's a profound change. And I don't pretend to know like how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, whatever. But right. we can feel it. It's very very vivid within us and very powerful that. There's profound um, shifts going on on the planet, and I mean, it's just it's just crazy, like how many things are up in the air and, and whirling around and not not feeling grounded. But at the same time, there's I feel that there's there's like we're also rooting in more, like like we at least we that's an availability available thing for us to do is to really root in more and more. Like so, when the storm comes, we whip around a little bit, but we don't fall over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that feels really true as you're speaking to that. Now, you mentioned um, The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible, which, of course, is the title of that beautiful book by Charles Eisenstein. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that was such a beautiful thing. Yeah, me too. But, you know, I'm really curious to know, like, what does that look like for you when you kind of stand and face the future? What's the world that your heart knows is possible? Yeah, thank you so much for that question. 
I feel like it's a world of co-creation. Like we're not struggling on our own. We're really returned to the older idea of the sacred circle and doing things together that 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 create community, that create uh, abundance for everybody, that create change in the world in a beautiful way that's not painful and and that's more from a place of love. So it's 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 actually like there's like new. Like, I don't know, they're like they show up in different ways, but they're like islands in the storm or they're or they're sacred circles. And they're they're just places where we come together. And I feel very called to actually come together with other like-minded people to do the deep work directly on the this uh the subconscious mind of the of humanity, like we like on the patterns that are in our human, our human inheritance that are so deeply wounding, and to heal them on that energetic level and also in ourselves. And there's like so many ways to do that. So many healers and leaders are showing up to say, I'll take this piece. I'll take that piece. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's co-creation is the thing that just really lights me up. I really love to play together with like-minded people and even people who aren't like-minded, but we can agree to, to co-create. And I think that's, I, I can't remember who it was that said it. It might've been the Dalai Lama. I think it was a couple of years ago. He said, the future is collaborative yeah um, and, yeah yeah and and said that it's not like the next messiah is not going to be like one individual person but a community of people yes. yeah um, that are gonna you know make a real impact and a real difference yeah. so I love that you're speaking to that so how like what part does your work play in these changes I mean what what are you in service of what's the changes you take a stand for Pamela? thank you yeah, well, I really, I, I feel like my work is to really support the change makers so they can find their courage, find their message, find whatever they need to do to really be part of this change in the world that they, they're here for. Like we're, we are here not by accident. <laughs> we're here very much on purpose. And if we're not sure what our purpose is or what our message is or how to really move through the challenges that we have, like soul alignment is a way to do that. It's a way to just get deep clarity. It's a way to tap into our own inner guidance. There's a whole guidance system each of us has. There's also all the, um, well, it's just all the things we want to create for most of us, that, including me, that, that requires stepping outside my comfort zone, like continually. It's like, sometimes I'm like, really? Do I have to keep doing that? <laughs> but, but everything, I mean, we're being, I feel like we're being forged, like we're in kind of a furnace and we're being forged to be stronger and more powerful and more resilient than we thought we could be so that we can stand for this new reality that is being birthed through us and around us. Mm. And as you were speaking, I just got an image of that light stand again that you talked about right <laughs> at the beginning, because what it's making me realize is that despite the fact that the future is collaborative to be able to collaborate well we do mm -hmm. need to be able to stand our ground and stand alone and stand yeah. up and speak our truth and all these yeah. elements because yeah. without that then we just end up in dependent relationships yeah right so I mean I wonder if you'd speak to that relational aspect of your mm -hmm. work in a way because I think it's really important that we we build this bridge that you know doing your inner work is the foundation really it is. Yeah. of everything, including relationships you enter into with people, but also with things like your career or your leadership or your business. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, it's the ground that you stand on, isn't it? And how you cultivate that means kind of different things, depending on how that enables you to be courageous 
Right. Why not? <laughs> well, I think it always begins with presence, like actually getting out of the stories and the trauma and the drama and the things I should do and the to-do list, like just like being present, like that's where everything begins. Because this right. is the only moment that's really real or really possible to do anything. Everything else is right. like hoping for the future, fearing for the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know you have a lovely gift for our listeners. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your soul alignment assessment? Thank you. Yeah. So the soul alignment assessment is a deep assessment to see what inner work you need to accomplish whatever goal you're working on. So the maybe the goal is, you know, I, I want to uh, step up my business or whatever goal you have. It doesn't really matter. Whatever's important to you, you get clear about what that is. The, the soul alignment assessment gives you a space at the top to write what your goal is. And then underneath that, it's, it uh, lists a whole bunch of possible things you might need. In fact, 36 different things. And basically the, the soul alignment assessment teaches you how to tap into your own deep knowing if you're not already sure how to do that through uh, two different ways, using a pendulum or using self-muscle testing. So you can test for yourself and see what you need, what inner work is needed for you to fulfill your goal, to be totally aligned with it. So it literally gives you the menu for what you need to do to create whatever transformation you want to create in your life, in your relationships, in your business, whatever. Mm, I love that. And I love that it's so personal because you actually, you're giving people the tools to actually, you know, understand for themselves. And at the same yeah. time, they're practicing aligning with their soul from what you've just told me. Exactly. <laughs> Part of my personal mission is to empower people to realize they already know, like they've been looking to outside for other people to give them the answers. You have the answers within you. If you're just brave enough to listen to them. <laughs> like I, when I work with people, they're, they're always saying like, you know, like, well, can you tell me how to do blah, blah, blah. I say, well, check in with yourself. See if you know. <laughs> A lot of times they do. <laughs> That's great. So um, I just want to bring us to a close because I feel like that, you know, this is such a powerful topic. There's there's so many different areas we've talked about here. There's lots more we could talk about, but yes. There is, yes. But if there was, you know, if there was something that you'd want our audience to know, maybe it's just a few words of wisdom. Maybe it's something we haven't covered yet. Maybe it's a story that emphasizes a point we've already made. I don't know what it might be, but I'm guessing perhaps you do. So what might it be? Um, I just I just feel very like I very strongly want to remind everybody that really you are so much more powerful and more tuned in than you think you are. And the most important gift you can give yourself is the, is to take some time out of your normal, hectic, busy, whatever you're dealing with, and just get present with yourself. And in that moment of presence with yourself, realize that you have the answers. And sometimes the easiest way to hear the answers is to do like a written dialogue. Like I often, when I, I'll write, like I'll write my name and then I'll say, I'd like to speak to my trusted guidance. Are you there? And then the next line you can write trusted guidance and get put whatever you get in response. That's how I first learned how to tap into my own trusted guidance is by actually having dialogues. And it's important to have dialogues rather than prayer because prayer is just putting it out there, putting it out there, hoping, wishing something's going to happen, but actually having direct contact with your own inner guidance system allows you to create changes here. And now it's not like waiting for something else to come along and do it. Like that, that's how you tap into your own deep knowing and allow yourself to, to become someone you don't even know you can be. (laughs) So, I yeah. love the way you describe that. Become someone you don't even know you can be. Yeah, that so to me 
embraces what your work is all mm. about and Thank stands you. so differently to the way we're educated. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're definitely educated to, to fit into what society and our families expect from us and want from us. And, and for most of us, like who we're here to be, especially in this really chaotic but wonderful time of change, um, that's, that's what's needed. But you know, we have to remember who we really are instead of who others expect us to be. Absolutely. Pamela, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. This conversation, I could talk to you all day. This conversation has been so deep, so insightful. And I just want to thank you so much because I know our listeners will have learned so much from you. So thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me as your guest. It's just such a delight to talk to you. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all of the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And you can go there for the soul alignment assessment as well that Pat, Dr. Pamela was just talking about. And a big thank you to the members of the Sacred Changemakers Inner Circle, who are our podcast sponsors, and our extended community who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. All of our impacts are visible on our website, so go take a look. And if you're looking for more soul in your life and business, if you have a sense that you too have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or just simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. But for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intentions and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time. Lots of love.